Hey, welcome to the Color Theory Podcast, a podcast all about design and diversity. I'm Becca Markham. And I'm Maxwell Van Hook. And together we're going to be hosting a series of podcasts that go from everything from journey stories from Black designers all the way to things to do if you're already in the industry. All right, so today we have CJ Payne, a member of our Black Designers of Seattle Network. He's a new member, considering that we are a new organization slash community as of January of 2019. So CJ, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I really want to dig into it and figure out what is your story. Like, how did you get to design? What do you do? How did you first find out about this very varied, I guess, yeah. medium of the design world? Hmm. That's a tough one. Okay. So for me, I was one to work in games. Mm-hmm. And I knew that from around the time I was 11 or something. And I had been making games unknowingly. Okay. Just on the playground and like coming up with rules for things we would do and all the time. <laughs> it's weird. So I knew I wanted to get into games. I didn't know what specifically. So at first I thought it was like art stuff. I was like, okay, I really like cutscenes. I want to do CG art. And little did I know that so many different things. It's like who makes an environment versus who makes a character, who animates and rigs something. And that wasn't really my expertise. <laughs> Drawing's not my thing. Okay, so, so let's actually preface this. Hmm. What do you do for work? So. <laughs> I can t- I can guess, but. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a game designer. What? I know, crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed. <laughs> yes. So I'm a game designer, and I do a lot of systems, gameplay, and narrative. So what those things really mean is how you interact with the game as you're playing it, what the controls are and what those feed into, and how different interactions work together or against each other to create an interesting experience for players that are engaging. And then the narrative is the story elements that bind it all together. Fantastic. So it's a, it's like the gameplay plus the storyteller. Yeah. Awesome. So when did you first realize that this is something that you could do? You said that you first, you saw like the CG side of it. There's different sides. But when did you actually, even before that, Hmm. how were you like, oh, people actually make this stuff, and this is something you can actually do. Yeah, so I was playing a game from back in, like, 2000 called The Legend of Dragoon. Okay. And it's Japanese RPG, which are notorious for just awesome, (laughs) ridiculous, lengthy, nonsensical stories. Okay. That's why people play them. You just play them for these stories that make no sense, but you really enjoy. And at a certain point during it, there was something happening, and it was basically telling the story of how that world came into existence. So it was really the the mythology of the world, and something was really clicking with me at, in school at the time mm-hmm. that was also just talking about mythology in English class. And to me, I really liked that. I really liked mythology and the writing and these stories that were bringing people together and figuring out how we're we're all similar and united and the same. I'm a major mythology like geek. My name, my dog's name is Atlas, and perfect for the map, <laughs> but mostly for the Greek mythology. <laughs> yes. So yeah, there you go. So that's the kind of thing that happened. I was like, oh, and during this moment where they're basically showing how all of these like several races in the game were connected, I was just like, oh, this is mythology. Like, this is, yeah, it's a game. I'm like, but this is just, they made new mythology, Mm -hmm. right? This is a a fictional mythology that's modern. 
I want to do that. I didn't know that was a thing people did. And then I realized at that moment, I'm like, that's what I want to do. That's awesome. So it was something that you had already played and you're just like, you know what? This is a fantastic thing. So I'm going to guess mythology. Were you in high school? No, this was back in middle, maybe late elementary or early middle school. So you like pretty much had some type of path even from then. So I knew that's when I was like, oh, games. Sweet. Here's kind of what I want to do. But how do I want to express that? Mm-hmm. And writing for me wasn't really the option for a while. I figured it out by by high school. I was like, okay, this is kind of where I want to approach it. And what ended up happening <laughs> was throughout high school, you can't really make video games unless you know how to pro. I mean, back then, you couldn't make games back unless you knew how to Back in the day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was really Pre-2010, th- it was yeah. difficult. Okay. Uh, now there's Unity and Unreal and several other engines that make it a little easier, but ultimately now, people can do it for a lower cost. But then it's like, oh, well, I want to write and make a game and... Mm-hmm. You had to know how to program, so I tried to learn programming. Okay. That was tricky. <laughs> <laughs> I got the try on that one. So did you have, like, classes in school that kind of helped build your skill set or mm-hmm. define your skill set that you needed for this? Not throughout high school. It wasn't until I did college, okay. actually. So my first time doing college, I did two years, got a few associate degrees, and I took an art class that was design. Mm. Uh, so I took design one and design two. And that is when I learned, I was like, ah, I can put all these things together. So I learned about positive versus negative space, making something subtractive using line versus a pattern or the weight of something and being able to really give someone an emotional response and elicit that off of an image using very little for the tools. Mm -hmm. And I kind of have applied those rules to everything else I see since. Wow. Yeah. So while I was doing that, I was teaching myself game design on side because there weren't courses for that. So I was just reading books by people who made games I like. That's fantastic. (laughs) And learning and just making a bunch of small little tabletop games. So you're like, you took design class, but you're mostly self-taught then in game design. Did you go back later on? Yeah. So after I did that, while that was going on, I was working in with a couple teams on some games, one for... About three, four months, and then another for two years in some change. And one of those years was entirely just focused on, like, making the game. I had, like, I'd gotten the two associate degrees, and I took a year off to just focus on this game with this team. And at the same time, I was trying to come up with some backup options and figure out, okay, I need to <laughs> legitimately figure this out and how to make this work. Yeah. And the way that ended up working for me is I got into DigiPen, Institute of Technology, and I went to school there for four years, and that solidified my design skills. That's awesome. So by the end of it, you had the portfolio. You were able to essentially go in that direction. Right, yeah. When I was at school there, worked on, I think, over somewhere around like 30 games. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then also was able to get a contract job Mm -hmm. and ship my first game while I was in school, which felt amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. That's fantastic. Let's talk for a second. You said contract job. That was actually, I'm also, it wasn't until I was essentially out of my undergrad that I started to get really into design. And the first, like, I didn't know what a portfolio, like, I knew what it was generally, but I didn't know what it should look like, especially because I never had peers. I never had peer designers. I'm like, oh, an entry-level designer 
portfolio looked like this. So for me, mm-hmm. having I contracted with people, and that was actually a great resource to know, like, oh, they could actually place me. Um, mm. So for contracting, did you go through? Was it like an agency? What like how did you get plugged in on that? Yeah. So for that, luckily it was another school resource, and timing was also very lucky because it was. We had a sort of like internship fair. It was the first one our school had done. And a couple companies came and I talked to them. And I ironically ended up talking to like the founder of this company. And I didn't know I was talking to the founder. And I just kind of walking him through my resume. And he saw a couple things. He's like, oh, you did multiplayer a couple times here and there. Mm -hmm. And you did these other things. All right. Yeah, here's here is a, a good opportunity. Let's give you a test and come in for an interview loop and did that. Wow. And ironically, I did not get that job. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no one did because they, they ended up figuring out, like, we don't have resources for that right now, but keep Got in it. touch. And at the time, because I was, I think it was like after myself or sometime during my sophomore year or something like that, I was like, okay, well, I think you're bluffing because people say that all the time, right? All the time. Do you have <laughs> so many times. <laughs> so I did keep in contact and there was no bluff. <laughs> wow. So at some point during the summer, founder was like, yeah, uh, we actually need help with this thing. Would you want to come in and do this? And I helped as producer running playtests for like five or six months on this like episodic game for the last two episodes and ran three to five playtests a week. Wow. It's crazy. Logging like hundreds of bugs every day. Yeah. It was a really good learning experience. That's- that's intense. So, so the moral of that story is keep bridges even when you don't get a job. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like a lot of the most, the best opportunities I've had and the best relationships I've made have been, it's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I want to talk to you about a position or I want to talk to you about the team or, hey, there might be that possibility, but just maintaining those relationships and not getting like, I guess, butthurt when yeah. you, don't, you don't get something for real, like when you want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like the industry is, it's... A very small industry in a lot of ways. And so if you burn a lot of bridges, then, you know, the people who you burn them with will show up, will like pop up in a lot of different other areas. It's very true. And it's really weird and extra true in Mm -hmm. games because we're all, all the companies are kind of concentrated in a couple of areas. So you've got Seattle, you have LA, Mm -hmm. San Francisco, and then there's like a couple other areas in California, like two studios in Oregon, yeah. and then you have concentration in like Japan. <laughs> and then there's like just spotted places everywhere else. Totally. Yeah. Well, as a closing, we're kind of been focusing on things that people getting into the field, like what things could help them and what things would that you wish as when you were that elementary school kid or, you know, more realistically, the high school kid. What are some things that you, you know, if there was, say, two or three top highlights or bullet points that you would want to send to your old self? What would what would those things be? Man, that's a tough one. I mean, it can Um, be one, too. (laughs) (laughs) So top things I would say in today's world, at least for game design, pick up a game engine, just download Unity or Unreal and dive deep into that because all of that knowledge carries over, then I'd probably say work with people, just like work with teams to start to learn and figure out because communication is 
one of the biggest things that you have to just figure out from experience. You can read a book, and that's that'll help you a little bit, and you can kind of get, like, some articles or whatnot, but if you're making a game with other people, that's a skill you just have to practice and learn. And then a third thing, don't stop designing outside of just one field. Like, learn, continually learn all parts of design, right? It doesn't matter if it's UX design or if it's product design, if it's just visual design, 2D, or animating, all of it, all forms of design kind of carry some universal knowledge into the other applications of design. Yeah, that is very, very good feedback. I fully agree with that. For me, I was the, I had so many different backgrounds. I just wanted to learn everything from motion to 3D to visual to art directing. And I have found that everything I learned before (laughs) Even if I thought it was completely irrelevant, it's actually popped back up. Nice. So it's a nice circle of design. Yes. Awesome. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming and talking to us. It was fantastic to hear about gaming and everything that you're doing with that. Thanks for having me.